Welcome to the second season of Fisher Link presented by Fisher Inc., a podcast for the Fisher College of Business to highlight stories in and around Ohio State that you may not have heard about. My name is Brent Koffenberger, and I'm joined by my co-host, Paige Palmer. We're excited to bring our listeners another year's worth of notable stories and interesting guests. On this episode, we're joined by Dan Starrick, a local entrepreneur and small business owner, but is likely best known to Ohio State students for his ownership of bars around campus, such as Leo's on the Alley and Oldfields. Dan, thanks for joining us. Can you tell us a little about yourself? Hey, thanks for having me in, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, well, I'm a product of the 90s in Cleveland, so I'm a big fan of the Indians, which is great right. at this time of our life right now. Um, I moved down to uh, Ohio State on that September 11th, so it was kind of a stressful day for me for other reasons. And I've uh, called Columbus home ever since. Um, finished college for the first time in 2005, and uh, didn't have a job. Decided to start working at a bar. And it was Lido's up on North Campus in uh, 2005. And I loved it. Loved meeting people. Loved talking to people. It was legitimately something different every single day. Good and bad, but something different every single day. I uh, started at Panini's, which is where Big Bar on campus is now, since, you know, campus changes every six months. And uh, it was there that I knew I wanted to open a bar myself. Um, got to know regulars, got to know the business better and saw how profitable and fun it could be. We were uh, bartending there during two national championship football games, one national championship basketball game, and then paid off my student loans in six months in 2008, which was awesome. Um, over the next few years, I uh, bartended at three to four of the bars, usually two to three at a time, just so I could get the experience and see what I wanted to do. And then uh, I graduated college for the second time in December of 2010. And uh, one of my mentors, my older cousin Jason, uh, looked at me and said, all right, Dan, what the hell are you gonna do now? And I said, uh, I'll open a bar. And so I had about 18 months to open a bar so I could keep my word to my cousin. And uh, that's where uh, Fields eventually came from. Awesome. So something you kind of touched on there is that the Ohio State's off-campus area, especially over the past couple of years, but is always dramatically changing. As somebody that operates a small business in that area, how have some of these changes affected you, if at all? Um, it affects all of us, 100%. Whether it be friends of mine and businesses have gotten taken away from them, whether it be students who legitimately don't know about certain businesses, because they don't want to walk six blocks of construction in the center of campus. Um, campus is always going to change. I've been at Ohio State legitimately half my life, 17 years now. Um, I see change every day. Uh, when my buddies come back that I was in college with, it is just, it amazes them how much campus changes. You know, Ohio State will put in new streets that weren't there a week ago. Um, I, I'm not saying I don't see the change, but it involves day after day to us who live here. Um, some of the big things that have changed besides buildings getting torn down and apartments getting rebuilt is the sophomores living on campus. Um, that has, I don't want to say hurt the bar business or hurt the local business area around campus, but you have, what, eight, 10,000 less kids uh, trying to buy food 
trying to get housing. Staying over the summer in between their sophomore and junior year. So I would say that's one of the biggest changes I've seen is Ohio State deciding to have sophomores on campus their second year. Definitely. Well, speaking of change, about a year ago you opened Leo's on the Alley in what was previously the private event space for Eddie George's Grill. After a little over a year, how's Leo's doing? What's gone well? What kind of bumps in the road have you run into so far? Oh, Leo's on the Alley is awesome. It's great. We, as you said, we've been open about a year right now. Um, it's a lot of fun. You know, Old Fields up on 4th and Chittenden is a neighborhood bar in, you know, a small little campus neighborhood over on East Campus. And we see steady business every single night. High Street during the week is not busy at night at all. And if you go down High Street at 10 p.m. on a Tuesday, there's nothing going on. But Leo's is open. We know the students want to have a place to drink, have a place to relax. So we have things that go on during the week. We have trivia on Tuesdays, bingo on Wednesdays. Um, it's really cool how a general manager, Cliff, has thought of events to bring people in. Uh, Opening Leo's was, I don't want to say stressful, but we went from signing the lease to opening the doors in 33 days, and it was insane how quick it went. Um, getting the state to approve architectural plans, engineering plans, inspections, inspections, and more inspections in a matter of 33 days was a record for South Campus Gateway to open a business. There's other businesses that are going in gateway that will take a year and a half to open and we did it in 33 days so you talked a little bit about how you knew that you wanted to be a bar owner for some time uh, over that time did were you always completely sure that you were going to open a bar and be operate one or was this something that you thought was a bit of a dream and it just kind of sprung on you as you graduated can you just talk a little bit more about how that process went and what it looked like from your end? Um, after I graduated in 2010, uh, a year and a half before I turned 30, and that's when I knew I wanted to have a bar or else I would revert back to my day job. Um, I have a day job the whole time, and I was going to take that more seriously. So uh, when I had that... 28-and-a-half-year-old Dan saying, hey, I need to write a business plan. I need to figure out everything that I know from the past eight years of bartending. I rounded everything up and uh, had about 80 pages in a business plan. I, I never got to use it, though, because out of the 44 banks I went to, only three of them sat down to talk to me and had a single point gave me money. Um, I actually had another bar back in 2011 that was an option, and it fell through. Um... Thank God I fell through because it wouldn't have been a good option for me at the time. And at that point, I was bartending at Eddie George's on campus. So I went back to bartending at Eddie George's again. Never left, but I knew I had a bartend there for the fall season. And that football season really broadened my horizons on management and running a whole entire bar by myself um, since I was running the Eddie George's bar that football season. Uh, Getting Old Fields open after I found out it was for sale was very taxing due to no one wants to give you money when you don't have money. Right. Um, 
I basically had to find money myself to do it, and it was very stressful at the time. The, uh, I had to reappraise my house that I bought. I had to legitimately count dollar bills and take them into the bank, and I actually had to call my credit union, and they gave me a loan for the final amount of money for the bills. At a very, very, very high interest rate. So one thing that Scott Ellsworth talked about when we had him on FisherLink was some of those struggles early on getting that first bar up and going. So um, kind of can you talk a little bit about how you took it from that place of like legitimate struggle and then turned it into something that was a success? Um, who's Scott? I've never heard of that guy. <laughs> yeah, Scott's a good buddy of mine. Um, Oldfields was easy. Let me tell you. Once I got the money from Oldfields, I knew it was going to be a success. There was no question in my mind. Uh, it also could be because I had legitimately no money to my name. <laughs> All credit cards maxed out. Maybe $300 in change in my closet. The uh, girl friend that I have now, we had just started dating together about six years. But she lived out of town. So I had no money, no girl in town, and nothing to do with my life except for bartend and try to run a bar for the first six months. And we started making money the first week. So it was easy once I was able to open it. And I knew that from day one, that if I have the opportunity to have my own bar, it'll be successful. There was no worries in my mind. Videos, on the other hand, it hasn't been stressful in getting the money to open it up, but it was stressful opening it up because we had to do all the renovations before we opened. Uh, I spent about four times what I thought I would to get it open. I thought it was going to be ready to go. It was already Eddie George's back bar space. We'll be fine. But with all the regulations from the landlord, from the city, from the state, from the health department, from liquor control, surprisingly, liquor control was the easiest. Uh, I spent about four times what I thought I was going to spend opening up. On that same kind of thought, you're talking about kind of the success of Old Fields and the success of uh, Leo's. How do you think? Uh, you can differentiate yourselves or your uh, businesses. What What do you think is a good way to drive demand for uh, your bars? Um, you know, Old Fields is that neighborhood tavern. We get uh, students that come in and say, hey, this reminds me of a bar at OU or a bar in neighborhood Chicago. Um, when they bring their parents in, the parents are like, this is the kind of bar we want to hang out at. If I can get people to Old Fields, they always come back. The biggest thing is that it's on the outskirts of the campus community at Fourth and Chittenden. It, it doesn't have a bad rap up there, but it used to be a little bit rougher of an area about five, six years ago. Now, with all the gentrification in the short north and Italian village, it's probably nicer than the central campus up in that area. But if I can get people there, they're gonna come back no matter what, because it's, it's your neighborhood cheers. Everybody knows your name. Bartenders that we have up there will legitimately know what you're going to drink as they see you crossing the street. Leo's, Leo's is that campus, not dive bar, but dive bar. It's going to have sticky floors by midnight. You're going to be drinking out of plastic glassware, as I'm being amazed. And chances of you getting drunk there, I noticed they're a lot higher than old fields, but you're going to have more of that 21, 22 year old mentality of, we need to go get drunk right now and go home, maybe stop by Kane's up
So I got your name from Scott Ellsworth, who previously was a guest on Fisher Link, and you two seem to have a great relationship. Uh, as what could be seen as competing business owners, how has that relationship with Scott worked out? And do you guys kind of help each other out? I think you mentioned somebody that named Jason as a mentor as well. What's that like? And what's that kind of like support system like within uh, the small business owners around here? Um, Scott's great. You know, Scott is my much, 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 much older pseudo older brother. <laughs> and I don't want to say there's no competition. Of course there's competition, but it's a friendly competition. You know, when we opened Leo's or he opened Threes, and when he was going through a renovation of the barrels out of the short north, we basically brought in all the management teams from all of our businesses. And we had meetings in each place. And, you know, literally do a shot and have a beer. And then tear apart the business. So they came into Leo's about a month after we opened. And Scott and his crew said, hey, you need to fix this. Hey, this is bad. Hey, why is this not cleaned right here? And basically tore everything apart because many see things different than we did. And everybody sees things differently. So we support each other that way. If anybody in all of Central Ohio ever needs a tool, I'm assuming Scott and I have been tool building for large now. Um, what's really cool is that Scott welcomed me into the Columbus Bar family uh, right after Huddlefields, about six months in. Um, I had met him a few times before uh, from the uh, family friend of his that sold him twos. 15 years ago, but I never really knew him. Uh, we instantly hit it off. We we're both in Cleveland. We both grew up with our moms. We both had nothing at one point in our lives right before we opened our bars. Um, there's actually a picture of us from that night that's uh, hanging up at threes, and it's also hanging up in the office at Old Fields. Um, there is competition, as I said, but it's more like the competition of us against them. And it's not you know, Old Fields, Leo's against threes. It's Old Fields, Leo's, threes, barrel against everybody else. Um, he's great at social media. Give us pointers on that. I'm pretty good with numbers and legal stuff. I give him pointers on that. I want him to succeed just as much as I want myself to succeed. And it's more of a, a friendship than anything else. Awesome. That's a really great friendship to have, especially in an area like campus that is changing so much. So kind of starting to wrap up. So as a successful entrepreneur, what kind of advice would you give to younger entrepreneurs as they move forward? Again, uh, yeah, great question. Um, you have to jump. You have to take the risk. Um, you know, as I said, uh, and this is Scott said in his podcast, we literally had nothing when we started. Um, there was no way I could get any more money if we um, fit. You have to jump. You have to take that risk. But if you have any reservations or something doesn't feel right, there's a reason that it doesn't feel right. So you have to trust your gut. I would say the other thing you need to know is you need to know your business. Get to know whatever business you want to do as a whole. If you want to, say, design t-shirts and t-shirts, you better not know how to put that printing press in a 120-degree warehouse so you know how to do everything. If you want to own property and be a landlord, know how to change your toilet at the point. Um, you have to know the smallest role in your business and you have to master it. Because when 
you need to do something, it's your responsibility. It's you have to figure out how to finish everything that somebody else starts. Because they might just walk off. They might just say, we don't want this job anymore, and you have to complete it. Um, also, as an entrepreneur, you're on the clock 24 7, 365. Um, people say it's nice that you write your own schedule or you make all the money. Yeah, it, it, it's nice that you're making some money, and it's nice that you can decide what your schedule is. But if one of your bartender calls you on a Sunday night, if you drink 18 white claws, you need to be able to answer his questions. Awesome. That was a uh, good uh, good way to wrap this up. Dan, thanks for coming on the podcast today, and we really appreciate your time. Sure, that's awesome. Yeah, love having me. And that's it for this week's episode of Fisher Link. FisherLink is presented by Fisher Inc., the student-run magazine for the Fisher College of Business. I'm Brent Koffenberger. And I'm Paige Palmer. This episode was edited by our sound designer, Connor Bueller. The president of Fisher Inc. is Akane O'Hara. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find Fisher Link on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on FisherInc.com, where you can also stay up to date on Fisher Inc. news stories. Thanks to our guests for today, and we'll see you next time.